traffickers and This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. Listen, we talked to Scott Fitzpatrick in the last hour, auditor of the state of Missouri, but it's time to change gears now. There's a new scandal in Missouri, and joining us now on the show, political operative Greg Keller. Greg, welcome back. Greg, do we have you? Yep, good to go. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Greg, before we get started, we start with question of the day. Question of the day every day on the show, different from the day before. Guests and hosts have to answer the question of the day. Question of the day today, what's one time you made a mistake, messed up, did something wrong, got caught? What were the consequences and what did you learn from it? My twin brother and I, when we were in uh, when we were in kindergarten, found a bag of fertilizer on our parents' lawn uh, went inside, got some scissors, opened it up, dumped it on a back corner of the lawn where no one saw it and burned this huge swath of what was <laughs> just dead, dead earth for the next six months. And uh, got a good got a good spanking for that one. Not going to lie. You know, it's everybody I ask this question to makes me think of something that my family, somebody in my family did. My dad tells the story that when he was a kid, he was playing around with gasoline, thought it was really cool, ended up putting a match, a lit match into a canister of gasoline which then exploded burned down his father's garage with his father's 57 chevy inside it the one difference though is he never they never found out who did it so they just thought it spontaneously burst into flames whatever and he's like that's the one thing i got away with when i was a kid and and elijah if they had figured out that it had been your father you probably wouldn't be here today because he probably would not have survived Greg, uh, big story hit the uh, hit the wires today. Donald Trump's team is upset at Bill Igel for what he calls dishonest fundraising practice using Donald Trump's name. Talk to us about what's going on. This is a big no-no if you understand Donald Trump and Donald Trump world. And I've known the president for better than 10 years now. Donald Trump spent his entire career building up the Trump name to mean something very specific to people. It's how he became a billionaire. It's how he became one of the most wealthy hotel owners in the entire world. So when other people are out there using that brand, using that name as Bill Igel has been doing, Donald Trump and his lawyers have a history of engaging engage, and engaging hard to stop the use of his name where it's not permitted. And that's exactly what happened to Bill Igel today. So essentially what happened, Bill Igel or a PAC associated with Bill Igel was sending out solicitations to people saying, Trump's been indicted, Trump's in trouble, go support Donald Trump, click here. But when you click yeah. to give money, it's actually going to a PAC supporting Bill Igel. It's not actually going to Donald Trump. Yeah, and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, I mean, I got to give them credit. They got this one right. Jack, Jack Suntrup there at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch wrote an article about this about a week ago where he tracked down a whole bunch of particularly senior citizen co- contributors, low-dollar contributors. I believe they found several of them who had given as little as $10 to Bill Igel's PAC <laughs> and then interviewed them, and they went on the record saying that they had no idea who Bill Igel was and that they thought that they were giving money uh, to the legal defense fund for President Trump. These went out via multiple emails over a sustained period of time. 
Um, and, and, and the IGO campaign really seems to have stepped in. I'll, I'll tell you, Elijah, I mean, as you know, I advise candidates all over the country and a bunch of them here in Missouri. And one thing I always tell them is when you use Donald Trump's name, you got to be very careful because that is a brand that appropriately so is very jealously guarded by the people who built it. And Donald Trump has a whole phalanx of attorneys behind him who are willing to, who are willing to intercede. And one of the things, Elijah, that I thought was really interesting about this is, it was a multi-pronged threat that Bill Eigel got from Donald Trump and Donald Trump's lawyers. Number one, it was kind of a political and PR threat. It was, if you continue doing this, we're going to make sure that all of MAGA world knows that you're trying to trade off of the Trump name and the MAGA name. That's the first one. The second one that they also put in there, though, was that there could be serious legal ramifications to this as well, too. So they very much left the door open to suing Bill Eigel and or his PAC in the future if he ever does this again. You know, it's interesting because uh, in in his response, uh, Eigel basically distanced himself from the pack. He's like, well, any miscommunications between groups outside of my campaign will be resolved. The funny thing is the pack that's raising money is called the Bill Pack. It's not like there's a whole lot of daylight between his campaign and the pack that that is that is doing this. Yeah, and it's difficult for that for that argument to wash a little bit too, Elijah, because you know, these solicitations, these email solicitations had been going out for months and months. Bill Eigel certainly, uh, you know, would have seen these solicitations going out. He clearly would have seen what was being written and the extent to which President Trump's name and likeness was being used. He had months and months to say, hey, guys, you know, talk to someone, make sure this stuff stops. I don't want to make the former president angry. He didn't do that. And then finally found himself in hot, in hot water. So, so his, his justification really doesn't wash too well here. Yeah, and you know it's interesting uh, that the article that came out uh, a couple weeks ago that first broke this story, they tracked down a couple of these people that had had donated. And the interesting thing was they're they're from states all over the country. They they interviewed them. Then they interviewed one guy in Arizona who's on a fixed income. He's like, I've never heard of this candidate or campaign. I thought my money was going to to President Trump. And honestly, I don't have the money to be giving to candidates in Missouri I've never heard of. Uh, you got to wonder. What's and and this is for you to speculate. What's next on this? Do we see? Does the money get given back? Given back to the donors? Does it get given to the Trump campaign? What 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 are next steps here? I don't think you're going to see the Idol Pack return any of this money unless and until Donald Trump or his lawyers insist that they do so. I think the immediate impact of this is that can pretty much guarantee at this point that it's it's a three way race for a Missouri governor at this point between Idol, Mike Kehoe. And, uh, and, and, and Jay Ashcroft, one thing we know for sure is that Bill Igel is not going to be getting the president's endorsement in this race after this. <laughs> I think we could all agree on that. Uh, Greg, you know, it's interesting because as we talk about the Trump brand and you mentioned you've got a long affiliation with the, that family and that campaign. Tell us a little bit about the work you did for them when, when, you know, they were running for president and serving in the White House. Yeah, I've known President Trump. I used to be the executive director of ACU and CPAC, uh, which is the largest conservative confab, which many of your listeners have probably heard of. And many of them, frankly, have probably been to. That's when I first got to know President Trump and went and visited him a couple times at Trump Tower before he was even thinking about running for public office. But he clearly had a tremendous following with the conservative grassroots even then. And we kind of greased the skids at CPAC and ACU to get him on the CPAC stage for the first time in front of a real political crowd. Um, and he just he, he hit it off with those folks immediately, spent a lot of one on one time with the president 
in his office at Trump Tower. Just had a great time. You know, one thing I'll say for Donald Trump, I mean, you can't be with Donald Trump and not be having a great time. He is just, he's just got a big personality. He's a sweethearted guy. He's kind, he's thoughtful. Believe it or not, he's a great listener. I was just totally captivated in all the time I spent one-on-one with him and just, just left being a huge fan personally. You know, since we've got you on, and as you mentioned, you've worked on not just campaigns all over the country, but a variety of presidential campaigns. Where where do we stand right now, a little over a year out from this election? One, give us your, your, your sort of insight on the Republican primary. And then two, you know, there's a lot of people feeling skittish. Are we going to be able to win the general election? Tell us where we stand as, as far as you can tell. I started this with about a 60% likelihood in my own head that Donald Trump was going to be the nominee. I'd say that's closer to 80 to 90% now. Listen, I, I love Governor Ron DeSantis. I think he's the, probably the finest governor in America. At the same time, I think we need to be honest with ourselves and admit that he's been an underwhelming presidential candidate. I just don't see anyone in the field who is going to be able to match Donald Trump and kind of the affection he has from our base. I don't believe for a moment. I know the mainstream media wants to believe that Donald Trump can't win a general election. Elijah, he can. Um, Number one, Joe Biden's numbers are in the tank. Um, We're going to get a new CPI number out later this week showing inflation is still going up. And most importantly, Elijah, I think it is now sunk with the average American general election voter that there is something seriously mentally wrong with President Joe Biden. I don't know if it's senility. I don't know if it's early onset Alzheimer's, but he's clearly afflicted with some serious kind of mental debility at this point. And I think it's obvious enough now that even your least connected general election voters have figured that out. I love I love when you give me percentages. Give me the percentage chance that Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee for president next year. I'd put it at 40 to 50 percent at this point. I think um I've become a believer that what they're going to do is they're going to swap out Joe Biden. I don't think that they can go with Kamala Harris. She is, believe it or not. Donald Trump is not the least popular politician in America. Joe Biden isn't the least popular politician in America. The least popular politician in America is Kamala Harris. So she is not going to be their nominee. I think they're going to go to some sort of coastal communist like a Gavin Newsom governor of California, who has absolutely just driven his state down into the ground. But hey, at least he's telegenic and can read from a teleprompter. So he's got that going for him. Governor Harrigel, I heard him called today. Greg, I uh, really appreciate your insight on what's going on. Uh, for those who want to follow you to uh, to catch your sardonic wit on Twitter, how do they do that? Or on X, I guess. Yep. At R. Greg Keller, R-G-R-E-G-G-K-E-L-L-E-R. Very good. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Elijah. Take care. Again, that was Greg Keller. Greg, uh, one of the one of the premier political operators in this state. I think it's fascinating to watch just in the last few hours as this story has broken. It's interesting because you've seen political figures all over the stratosphere of Missouri politics universally decrying what Bill Eichel's done here. And I think it's interesting because some people, they they like Trump, some people don't like Trump, but they all hate dishonesty. And I think that's what we've got here is a case where the Eichel campaign was pretty dishonest in how they dealt with these donors. They didn't sell them a message on Bill Eichel. They, they, they blindly lied to them and kept them in the dark 
that their money was going to Trump while it was actually going to Bill Igel. And so you got to wonder, how's a campaign like that going to run a campaign for governor? At some point, the, you have to convince voters to vote for you. You can't say, oh, go vote for Donald Trump and then steal those just like you stole the donations. you got to get them to vote for you. And so I think it's interesting. I've seen conservatives, I've seen moderates, and I've seen liberals all universally going up on social media today being like, what was he thinking? Why were they doing this? And here's another interesting point. He was affiliated with a group called Targeted Victory. If you don't know who Targeted Victory is, Eagles paid them over $300,000. They came up with this fundraising scheme. Targeted Victory has been sued before by the Trump campaign. This is sort of what they do. And so for if Bill Eagle tries to in some way insinuate, oh, this wasn't us, Oh, this was an accident. Oh, this was a mistake. No, you hired a firm that had been sued in the past by Donald Trump saying, don't use my name. Don't use my likeness. Don't use my stuff because that's, that's a brand we've created. This is trademark and copyright infringement. Yeah. There, there are two things that I think people want in a politician. They want somebody who can get things done and they want somebody who can communicate what they're getting done. Well, what we've already seen from Bill Eigel, and what is this now, like four days into his gubernatorial campaign? <laughs> yeah, about. Three or four days it, into it. It's been a little rocky. Yeah, he has shown us that, A, because in, in this article, as a quote from him, it says, oh, this has been a mis- miscommunication. So, boom, we already know he doesn't communicate well. If that's the, the, which is the best case scenario, is that this was all one big miscommunication, I think the listeners know where we stand on that. One, he's already miscommunicated. You don't want somebody who can't communicate well. And number two, you want somebody who is well-liked by the rest of the people in Jefferson City or wherever they are going to be governing in general. And now so many people have come out and said, hey, Bill Eigel did this wrong. This was not a good thing. We don't support him. So now we have a guy who has shown he cannot communicate and isn't really that well-liked already among the, the people in Jeff City. So... What's his attraction? I, he's not liked by anybody outside of Jeff City. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the interesting thing right here. I get it. He's polling about 3% in the statewide poll, so so never really was a factor in the race. But now on top of that, to be deceiving you know, middle-income people around the country, he's got twice as many donors in Illinois as he's got from Missouri. He's got twice as many donors from California as he does from Missouri because they all think they're giving it to Donald Trump. It's the weirdest, most... This is like a a bad version of an Amway scheme from the 80s. It's like multi-level marketing except you're selling snake oil that 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 nobody's actually going to use. It's just it's really unbelievable. And you know, listen, we're we're about 11 months out from the primary. The question is, does he even get to February of next year and file like if, you know, knowing full like if I'm Donald Trump, I started thinking, "Hey, if this guy gets to the race, I'm coming to the state of Missouri and endorsing his opponents." Cuz why would you want why would you want somebody who's tried to rip off your brand name as 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 a candidate for office? And so I think, you know, particularly Missouri, where the Trump brand is still very popular and very well liked. I think this, you know, to me, this is a a death knell of any campaign to be to be being sued by by maybe the most uh, well known, certainly the most well well known Republican in the country at the time, uh, particularly in light of the fact that he's probably our next presidential nominee. Yeah, I mean, more than likely he is. I see whenever, whenever Mike Pence started his presidential campaign, everybody kind of laughed at him and was like, Oh, he's not lasting very long, but he was able to get his base together and get the people who supported him. And now 
he's not going to be the next next presidential nomination. We all know that. I'm, Mike Pence seems like a great guy. There's no way he's going to be the next president of the United States, much less even the Republican nominee. But he was able to get his base together, find out who was supporting him, and he was able to at least survive for a little while. Now we have a guy who has struggled right out of the box and is insulting his own base, which is Trump supporters. Yeah, lots to lots of lots of intrigue here. It will be interesting to see as this story continues to play out. I'm really really curious if we end up having the Trump campaign coming to Missouri and filing lawsuits. And 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 like I said, what happens with the money? Does the money get returned to the voters? Does the money get donated to the Trump campaign? Clearly raised under questionable circumstances uh, uh, the way it was. Okay, I want to come back. I want to talk about something totally different. Tim Scott's running for president. Does he have a girlfriend? Never been married. Ooh. It's becoming a big discussion point. Can a single guy or somebody who's never been married, can they get elected president? Not happened for, what, 100 plus years. We'll talk about that coming up next.